We're three caballeros, three brave caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. We're happy amigos, no matter where he goes. The one, two, and three goes. We're always together. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon on iHeart Movies. My name is Jonathan North, and today we're finishing up our mini-series on Disney's Latin American films with the recent Disney animated series, The Legend of the Three Caballeros. This time I'm joined by fellow animation fan Eli Sanza, and we're diving into everything the show has to offer without getting too much into plot specifics. The Legend of the Three Caballeros is a relatively new show from Disney with kind of a strange release history. I think it first came out in the Philippines, and for a while it was only available on a couple streaming services in Asia. I think they're called like Disney Life, Disney Deluxe, which I don't know much about, but it seems like they might have been sort of a test run for what would eventually become Disney+. Plus. And when Disney Plus finally launched worldwide, that's when the rest of us got to see what the show was about. So now that it was available, I wanted to talk about it for this series, and since Eli is a big Disney and animation history fan, I knew he'd be the perfect person to talk about it with. I guess we can just start with the basics. For those who don't know, the show is sort of a spin-off slash reimagining of the movie The Three Caballeros from the 40s, except it's basically just the characters set in modern times. Like, there's nothing, there's almost no connection to that movie other than the characters. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a reboot in a way, kind of the same way that DuckTales was kind of like a, like yeah. a show with Donald Duck in it, but mm-hmm. it had no connection to the actual Donald Duck shorts from like the 40s and stuff like that. Yeah. So the show basically follows Donald, at least the first episode, it follows Donald. And it's his birthday. He has an epically bad birthday. He loses his job. He's a barber for some reason for children. I don't know if there's precedent for that in like old shorts or anything, but just he was a barber for kids in this series. I had no knowledge of him being a barber in anything prior to this. No, it just seemed kind of random. Yeah, yeah. He was also supposed to pick up Daisy at the bus station and he forgot because of his job. For some reason, he thought because it was his birthday, he didn't have to work. And he was going to spend the day with Daisy. And then when he got a call from his boss, he just forgot about Daisy. So she breaks up with him. And then his house burns down. So (laughs) it's like he has the worst birthday ever. He lost his job, his girlfriend, and his house all all at once. Yeah, all in the span of like a minute. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And that's where the show starts, and basically it turns into the Three Caballeros when he inherits a little shack, a cabana, and he's supposed to share it with two other people who he doesn't know, who are the descendants of the Three Caballeros. So this is where the reimagining comes in, because the original Three Caballeros were Donald Jose Carioca was the parrot, and Panchito Gonzalez was the rooster. Oh, did they change his name in the show? Uh, you know what? His official name, I think it changed. It used to be like Panchito Pistoles or something like yes. that. And yeah, yeah, but but in the show, they call him Panchito Gonzalez. Okay, I guess I missed that part. 
Yeah. Okay, so basically, they the original three caballeros in the movie were Donald Duck, Jose Carioca, and Panchito Pistolas. But in this show, they are reimagined as the descendants of three... Are they unnamed? Like, did they ever give the original three caballeros names? I don't remember them saying the name. I don't think they did. They, they just, they only referred to them as the three caballeros. They never called, they never said what their names were. Okay. So basically, Donald Duck's great-grandfather, that his name was Clinton Coote. And I just assumed at the beginning that that's who the original duck was in the trio. But it turned out it wasn't, because later in the series, you find out that he's just been researching his ancestors. So the three caballeros are, like, ancient. Like, they're hundreds of years before this time. So he, I guess, tracked down their descendants, and then he left all of his research to them, including his house and his treasure and everything. And basically, they're supposed to take up the mantle of the three caballeros after he dies. Which I'm not sure why he yeah, waited I, until he died. <laughs> it just that, it seemed kind of like he should have explained things to them a bit better. But whatever. Yeah, he, show. he just waited until the inheritance was had to actually occur before he said before he talked to them about all this stuff about oh by the way your ancestors were like heroes who fought alongside gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of gods, there's another character who's one of the main characters a goddess named Zandra who lives in a book. Like she's been trapped in a book for like 500 years, I think. And they doesn't. Okay. One of the other characters is the Araquan bird from the original three caballeros who is just weird and random. And I think they use the bird to open the book. And (laughs) it struck me as really funny because the bird has had been living with Clinton Coote, I'm assuming all of this time. And he couldn't figure out how to open this book. He should have just given it to the bird to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, a plot hole. Darn. <laughs> and anytime that I talk about something like that might be a plot hole, I don't actually care. Because this series is utterly ridiculous. And if you try and make it make sense in your head, it is going to fall apart. This show is pure cartoony ridiculousness for cartoony ridiculousness sake and i am totally yeah. fine with that me too that was actually one of the reasons why i thought the show was so charming is the fact that it didn't take itself so seriously no it's yeah and if you if you want it to make if you want it to be serious uh find a different show because this is this is basically like looney tunes level of ridiculousness sometimes oh just, god yes i agree it, it's not supposed to make perfect sense and have a perfectly thought out uh, lore, whatever. Like half of the lore yeah, stuff yeah. seems like they're making it up as they go. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, yeah, it's not, and that's fine. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not trying to be Lord of the Rings or anything. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. So anyway, this they get this book open, and Xandra comes out and basically explains the backstory of the three caballeros and convinces them to take up their mantle, become the new three caballeros. And that I guess that's just in time because this neighbor of theirs is suddenly... Yes. I, I don't remember exactly how it happened. It was some One of their artifacts, I think, activated something, and suddenly their neighbor, 
his ancestor, who was an evil wizard, and he's trapped in a staff. <laughs> he comes yeah. back to life or something. And now they have an evil wizard neighbor who is trying to, I guess, take over the world. Yeah, it was, yeah I, I, I can't remember how it happened exactly. I think I, I remember the part where in the pilot episode, when Donald, uh, Jose, and Panchito all first moved into the house, they realized they had a bunch of old ancient artifacts, which they didn't find any value in so because mm-hmm. they just thought it was junk. So that's, that's when they decided to have a yard sale. And that it was at the yard sale where that the villain that you were talking about, um, yes, Baron von Schellgoose. Yes, Baron von Schellgoose. He spots that artifact in the yard sale and tries to buy it. And he tries to buy the whole cabana because he just realizes he he wants to own the entire place because he wants to own all the stuff in the house. I can't remember how it got activated, but I remember it's when when he got a hold of it. He thus. This, you were, you were, you're talking about Feldrake uh, came yeah. back to life. Feldrake uh, is the wizard. The, yeah, the wizard who the original three caballeros trapped in the old days and in the staff. And now Feldrake's trying to free himself from the staff and, and, and by uh, enlisting the help of Baron von Feldgoose. Who is his descendant. And they fight all the time. <laughs> Like the staff yeah, can't yeah. move, but it hits him all the time. For some reason, yeah. it can move enough so that it hits him. Yeah, he has the ability to move, just to eat, but he has no legs, so he can only move to an extent. And his facial expression changes too, because his face is in the staff. And when his when yeah, something yeah. his his one of his evil plans is working, he looks overjoyed. And when something goes awry, he looks horrified. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Very subtle, because they don't show the face change. They just no. cut away from it. And when they cut back, the staff just has a different facial expression. Uh-huh. And we also have three other characters who are main characters who I was not expecting and was very surprised to see as main characters in the show. Daisy's nieces, April, May, and June. Yes, right, right. That was very surprising. I literally did not see that coming. No, I was really surprised that they were made main characters. Like, it was already surprising that they were making an appearance in the first episode, but then to have them come on as basically sidekicks. Yeah, they are. I found it kind of interesting and maybe slightly confusing because Daisy had just broken up with Donald. And I, yeah, I know she's not right. their mother, but she didn't seem to mind the fact that Donald was enlisting the help of her nieces to, I, I guess, for, she thinks that they're just helping him clean up the house. So it seemed kind of weird that Daisy was just fine with that after what she, I mean, Donald did treat her kind of badly, but completely abandoning her at the bus station. So she had every right to be mad at him. And the fact that yeah. she didn't care about her nieces going to spend time with Donald seemed kind of odd to me. Uh, yeah, that is that is weird. I, they never explained that, but I I just assumed that the reason why he called them was because like everyone else was busy or something, and they were the only ones, coincidentally, that he could enlist mm-hmm. the help of. Although. It's kind of one of those things where it's it, uh, an explanation isn't 
fully needed, I guess it, it's no. excusable. It, but if you think of it, it is kind of. I wonder why. I wonder why that, what, that flew. I wonder why. Well, my other thought as to why this was weird is because Donald, we don't know in this show, but in the lore of Disney, Donald has three nephews of his own, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. However, they are the main characters of a different duck-based show, which is the DuckTales reboot starting in 2017, which is the year before this show started. So I'm wondering if they chose April, May, and June instead of Huey, Dewey, and Louie just to make sure that this show is completely different from the other show because you kind of run the risk of it being another DuckTales if you have basically the same core cast of characters minus Scrooge. So I think that might be why they chose April, May, and June, but it's one of those things where I was just trying not to think about it too hard because it's it's a real world thing that probably is affecting something that it's just something you shouldn't really bother worrying about. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, 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 apparently the showrunners didn't worry about it because they never explained it. But mm-hmm. but I I do think that you're onto something when you say that the reason why Huey, Dewey, and Louie weren't in the show is probably, uh, well, they're just in so many shows already. They like they already were in all of DuckTales and the DuckTales reboot came out a year before this. So it seems, I wouldn't be surprised if the showrunners they, they they probably knew that they needed some character to fill the role of the person who had that magic mirror that they used to communicate mm-hmm. back to the real world. And, and so they seemed like they were just trying to figure out who, and they just knew that they didn't want to be Huey Dewey and Louie. I don't know how they came up with that, but it was a good idea. I thought they, they decided to bring April, May, and June into the spotlight. And I'm glad they did, because after watching this show, I actually uh, became bigger fans of the characters because they're so good in this show. Yeah, I like that they chose April, May, and June partly because I just like it when little-known characters are given a bigger spotlight. That's one of the charms about this show is that you get these characters that not too many people know. Like, everybody knows Donald and Daisy Duck, of course, but hardly anybody knows about Jose Carioca and Panchito, I guess, Gonzalez in this show. And most people are familiar <laughs> yeah. with Huey, Dewey, and Louie, but I'm going to guess that 98% of people don't have any idea that Daisy has nieces, <laughs> let alone yeah. knowing and, names. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that was actually one of the things I liked about the show, is because if you are a Disney geek like me, if mm-hmm. you watch this show, you are, you're going to notice things that yes. general audiences will not, will not notice. There are cameos from obscure Disney characters in this show that I, first of all, I was not expecting to see them, but it's like, if you blink, you'll miss them sometimes. Well, that was going to be one of my points that I'll hit on. So let's just move on to that. So I noticed a few, I wrote down a few, but I'm going to assume that you noticed more than me. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll talk about the two big ones that I noticed, and then you can talk about anything else that you might've noticed. In the episode yeah, sure. with Goblins, they had this weird yes. cat monster that was basically Lucifer from Cinderella. <laughs> I noticed that. It was just a giant monstrous version of Lucifer. 
and it yeah. wasn't there it wasn't there it didn't have a whole lot of screen time but i know that they made it look like lucifer on purpose but and i found that funny yes that one was really subtle because that it, it had the same face as that cat but it was a different color and even people who watched cinderella might have missed that one Another thing that I had a question about, and maybe you would know this, and maybe it's nothing, but in that same episode, the main little goblin, whose name first was Worm, and then at the end, one of the most hilarious jokes was revealed to actually be named Vomit. <laughs> I yes. died laughing at that. <laughs> because Me too, I got I, I, I cracked up. They they set this whole thing up like he's this downtrodden poor little goblin that everybody picks on. He's like, my name isn't even Worm, and you expect it to be something <laughs> mundane like Bill or Ben or something. And they're like, oh, well, yeah. what is your real name? It's Vomit, and I have lost it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's I loved that. That was like the best example of the kind of humor that this show has, though, because all the jokes are like that. It's very sharp. Yeah. So that goblin, my question is, is he from something else or is he based on something else? Because he looked so familiar to me, but I don't know where I would have known him from. Okay, well, I'm glad you asked that because I instantly noticed where that goblin was from as soon as I saw him. And I assume you've watched The Black Cauldron, right? I've seen clips. I haven't actually seen the whole thing. That's one that I've been holding off on until I get to it in this series. Okay, okay. Well, if you watch The Black Cauldron, you're going to recognize that goblin because he is very similar to one of the characters in that movie. Okay. Yeah, the, I noticed a few times they would have characters... That, well, like Lucifer, like they were very similar to a different Disney character. And I'm not sure that they meant them to be the exact same character, but it was obvious that they were going for something based on a different character. Yeah, well, see, the thing about that one is that he, the character in The Black Cauldron isn't actually named Worm, but he, but a goblin who looks like Worm, or Vomit, as is revealed later, uh, looks exactly like that goblin and i'm and i am pretty like i'm gonna say i'm 100 percent sure that they did that on purpose they they took the design from that character and used it in this show because mm -hmm. he looks exactly like that i'm sure they did but they they did that with a bunch of background characters they just made them look very similar to characters that you might recognize even if you wouldn't recognize where they were from like I, I just recognized the design. I'm sure I've probably seen a picture of the character that Worm Vomit is named after. So yeah. I recognized him, but I wasn't, I didn't recognize the exact character. And I'm sure that there's a lot of that in this show. Oh my God. It was, it was so surprising how they, of all the movies to take from, it, it was like the Black Cauldron is like probably, I don't know, I might. <laughs> That might be like Disney's least popular animated <laughs> movie, like, and and they took from that. That's that's how you knew. Oh my God, these there are some major fans working on this show. Uh -huh. Well, the other one that I noticed, and and I can't say that I I would have noticed if I hadn't accidentally read it somewhere, and once I read it, I realized there's an episode where the wizard is looking for something called the Spark of Life. And 
they they end up going inside Mount Rushmore and finding all the ghosts of dead presidents in there, which was weird in and of itself. But second half of that episode, they get home and hide this spark of life from the wizard inside an old bear rug, which comes to life. And this bear, oh yeah, he he eventually becomes like a main character, but yeah, from old Disney shorts as well. They never name him in this series, but in the old Disney shorts, his name was Humphrey the Bear, and yeah. he's he's not like Donald Mickey level famous, but he had a few shorts of his own. So that was another yeah. deep cut that they put in this show as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's like another one that only like the true fans would recognize. But yeah, I, I instantly knew. It's hard for me to not call him Humphrey when I see him in the show. They don't, because I just know that character. He's exactly the same as Humphrey, mm-hmm. but he's officially, he's called Bear Rug. Yeah. But yeah, that was, but it's just like the Goblin. Yeah. He, that is definitely, that's definitely Humphrey. Mm-hmm. So were there any others that you noticed? Those were the two that I had written down. I'm sure that if you noticed any others, I might I might know what you're talking about. Um, let me see. Yeah, uh, you know what? There was one that I don't know how many people are going to even know. The people who watched it, so I don't know how many people are even going to get this one. But it was because it was like one of those blink and you'll miss it cameos that I was talking about. It, it, it wasn't a character that anyone interacted with it was just a character that it was just you saw in the background for just a split second and um and in i think it was like the first or second episode when zandra the goddess of adventure was like teleporting the three caballeros across like the globe just to demonstrate her like cosmic power like like teleporting room to this one place and then teleporting room to another place and teleporting room to to, to show them like all this treasure that's to lure them into this adventure that they were sort of reluctant to take. And and one of the scenes where she teleports them into a place where there is treasure, you could see on a throne, it was sort of like a, there's a bunch of treasure surrounding a throne. And if you look at the throne, you could see a king on it. I don't think the king is alive. I think he's just like a statue or something. But if you watch, I, I think it's the, there's a Disney short, from the 1930s, I can't. It was like it was the one about this king who every time he touched something, it turned to gold. Oh, the Midas touch. That's a, that's. I did, I don't know if there's an old yeah. Disney show, but I, rem, I I saw that and I recognized it as a story of the Midas touch. Yeah, I I don't think it was called the Midas touch. I was I think, but the cartoon I'm thinking of was based on the Midas touch. I think the cartoon was called something else, but I remember there was a Disney show and it had a king in it and that king, I'm pretty sure, was appeared in this show in that split second I was talking about. It was like, okay. yeah, yeah, I had, to, I had to rewind that and look at it again <laughs> and pause because I, I was like, wait a minute. I did that too, but not because I recognized the guy. It was because when it was flashing past all that stuff, I was like, Wait a minute. That was the Midas touch. And did the king have his finger up his nose? Because he was yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a gold statue. <laughs> and basically he turned himself to gold by picking his nose. <laughs> oh my God. That was something I didn't notice. That that would be hilarious. That well, that's be hilarious. why I rewound it to make sure I'd seen it right. Yeah, yeah. See, now that would be hilarious. I, I need to I, 
I kind of want to rewind it again after this, after we're done recording. I need to go back and see that again. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like blink and you'll miss it jokes in this show. I'm sure that I didn't even catch them all. Me too. I've, I'm just probably stuff. I if if I watched that series again, I'd probably notice things that I missed. I remembered another cameo. This one was a little more obvious. In the last episode, you get a cameo from Scrooge when they accidentally blast a hole across the county and <laughs> shoot a hole in oh, his yeah, money yeah. bin. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I was so happy when I saw him. I was like, Oh my God. This is like a Scrooge McDuck is making a cameo now. Yeah. I was, that, that made me laugh. And I loved that they had Scrooge in even for just a moment. Cause I love Scrooge. Yeah. He's one of my favorite yeah. Disney characters. Mine too. Mine too. That's why I loved that so much. It was the one moment where you could see him. And another Disney cameo sort of, it's one of those things where they've, obviously based a character on someone else when donald gets fired it's because he's given a child a very bad haircut and the mother of the child is obviously just pete in a dress <laughs> yeah yeah they didn't even disguise the voice it sounded no. exactly like him yeah no i love that yeah that was funny one thing that i didn't expect from this show that i really appreciated was the fact that it was not an episodic show. It was actually, it's basically serialized. It goes from episode to episode, and most of them leave off either on a minor cliffhanger or something that lets you know that they're going to pick up right there in the next episode. They never just end at the end of an adventure. This whole series is basically one long adventure with little mini adventures scattered throughout the episodes. And I really liked that. And I was not expecting that. The same. I had the same reaction. I was, uh, I was surprised how serialized it was because I've never seen a Disney show do something like that before. Not even DuckTales was yeah. like that. Yeah, DuckTales had like part one, part two. And then in the next episode, they had uh, a whole new, completely different story. But this was like 13 episodes that was like super bingeable mm-hmm. it was like they just des- they designed it really well for it, it was actually designed for streaming so they i'm sure they did this on purpose but it was surprising because i've never seen something like this before with characters in like the mickey mouse universe it was it felt like the most epic thing that they ever attempted mm-hmm. yeah it almost felt like a really long movie and i watched it in like three parts like i binged the first few episodes and then the next day I did a few more and then I finished the last few yesterday. And it, it really yeah. works that way. It's it's just like watching m- maybe three movies in a row. Yeah, yeah. A Green Eggs and Ham on Netflix was similar in a way. It was like this, it was kind of the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I started watching that because over the holidays, my nephews were all there and I think that day all their parents left. So my parents and me were taking care of like three little kids. And I took one of them downstairs, watched part of an episode before he wanted to go back upstairs because he's really young. So he didn't want to sit there for half an hour. But I never got back to it. I I did like what I saw, but I need to get back to that show. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. Well, in that case, just to let you know, when if you do get back to it, yeah. This is, it's also like a very similar, it's like one whole story with a bunch of episodes. Okay. Yeah, I I need to get back to that. Maybe I'll have to do an episode on it. Maybe that'll 
prompt me to actually watch the thing. Uh, maybe, yeah, good strategy. Well, I don't want to go too much into the plot because I want people to like go in fresh. Just basically know that you're getting an adventure with Donald Duck and the other two Three Caballeros. So if you've seen the, the original Three Caballeros, you know who I'm talking about. If you haven't, just yeah. know that it's a crazy parrot and rooster and they work really well as a trio. They, their different personalities bounce off well with each other. And yeah. basically they just have a bunch of adventures all around the world. And it all leads up to this big epic finale showdown with the wizard. And that's basically all I really need to tell you because most of the plots are basically just delivery mechanisms for jokes because this show is just yeah. first and foremost, it's ridiculous and yeah adventure it's that's that's it it's just fun yeah yeah that was my favorite thing about the show was just how ridiculous and funny it was it was that was the main point and also you do not have to watch the movie the three caballeros to no. understand anything this is this is a complete reboot you can just watch it fresh and it'll still be enjoyable and that's a perfectly fine way to, to watch the show. And so you can just watch it right now if you haven't yet. And I fully recommend. Mm -hmm. There is one thing, though, that if you watch the original movie, and I, I need to watch them closer together to like try and find everything, but there were things that I was when I was watching the show, I could tell that they were making nods to the movie, even though they have nothing to do with each other. The biggest one that I can think of right now is when they were in the underworld and they could change the sizes of their bodies or parts of their bodies basically by blowing into their thumbs. That's directly from the Three Caballeros. It wasn't because they were dead in the original movie. It was just because the show was so surreal. But in this one, yeah. we've gone to the underworld and now they're doing this thing that was a direct nod to the original movie. Yes, yes. They see now that was something that is kind of like one of the a subtle a subtle nod like if, if if you did watch the movie you might have noticed that so there is a bonus to mm -hmm. like watching the movies <laughs> yeah before you watch the show yeah but it's, it's definitely, definitely a not bonus necessary. but not required yeah exactly exactly well i think that's probably all i've got to say about it now other than just i really liked it and if you haven't watched it you should do you have any final thoughts yeah. Uh, no, no. Basically, I just want to make sure we conveyed properly why the show is good, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure we succeeded at that. We we gave we told everybody why we liked it so much, and that, that's pretty much all you can do. So <laughs> I just hope okay, someone watches this and thinks maybe I can check this out. And, and it's a good thing that we're doing this too because this show is kind of uh, obscure and hard to find. There's not a lot mm -hmm. of people are talking about it. So so that's kind of like why I like doing this because it, putting a spotlight on a show that deserves more attention than it's getting. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I want to start doing more in the future with my my podcast is looking into the more obscure things, especially now that so much like especially with Disney Plus, is now available when it wasn't available before. There's just a lot to find, and it's fun for me to discover new things, too. Yeah, totally, and I salute you for that endeavor. Okay, well, I guess that'll be all for today. Do you want to let people know where they can find you? 
Yeah, yes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at eJunkies2014 and just follow me there and uh, I'll send you links to my blog and Instagram and everything else I do. So, but the main place I hang out is Twitter. And of course, I'll have links in my description as well. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me for this. We'll have to think about other things to do sometime. Maybe we could do an episode on green eggs and ham at some point. Yeah. Yes. If you decide to do that, DM me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Thanks again to Eli for joining me for this episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. If you want more from him, I'll have his links in the description below. Next time on iHeartMovies, I'm working on a couple episodes, one of which will feature a new guest, but it might be a bit before we get there. If you've been following my other podcast, Every Version Ever, you know there was a delay in output over there, so for the next couple weeks, I think I'm going to have to focus my attention over there as I work to get caught up. But there will be more content here soon, so stay tuned, and we'll see you next month on iHeartMovies. Thanks for listening. One, two, and three goes, we're always together. But three can't buy a 